Welcome to Language During Mealtime. Certified speech-language pathologist and children's book author Becca Eisenberg brings you creative professionals from the language learning and children's education field. With these ideas, parents can help their children with special needs improve language and reading abilities. Hi, my name is Becca Eisenberg from Language During Mealtime. Today is episode number 99, which is very exciting. Almost at 100, but it actually is technically 100 because my first episode was talking about the podcast and what it was going to be like. Um, but anyway, today is very special. I am here with Noreen O'Sullivan. And Noreen is a teacher, storyteller, author, educational consultant, speaker, and in Equin. Am I saying it right? Equine, yeah. Equine, assisted emotional guide, wife, and mother. She earned her BA in English and Art from State University of New York, Albany, followed by graduate studies in early childhood education from Hunter College, New York City. She's published by Hatchet, Jessica Kingsley Publishers, for her children's book, I'll Tell You Why I Can't Wear Those Clothes. And actually, that's how Noreen and I met many years ago. So Noreen and I have been acquainted for a while. And also Noreen's interview, I also have an interview about that book on my website, which will also uh, be in the link on the post here. Um, And Noreen is passionate about the understanding, acceptance, and parenting of children with emotional issues, developmental delays, and sensory issues. She has an in-depth understanding of children and an extraordinary ability to connect with them and with their parents, helping to bridge the gap of understanding parents and what they often face when raising a child with emotional issues. Noreen is trained in a national lifemanship model of equine. See, that's the thing. I always mispronounce this word. Don't worry. You know what? I do too. And I've been living in Denmark for 20 years. So my sister told me uh, I can't speak Danish and I'm losing the one language I have. So don't worry about it. All right. And (laughs) she is also a certified, she is also a certified emotional freedom technique practitioner. So thank you so much for being here today, Noreen. And Noreen is going to be talking a lot about that. Um, today and just she has a really interesting background and also we have a lot in common I love animals so much and if my husband wasn't allergic I would have an entire farm in my house which anyone who's close to me knows that that actually is true Um, so I do have some outside animals I would love to have a horse like Noreen Um, but Anyway, so we're going to start off just by um, asking you just about your background and your career as an author um, and how that's shaped over the years, because it's been, I would say, looking back, it's been about three or four years since we last connected. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, where it all started. So I, you know, I went to college as a you know young kid, not knowing what I wanted to do, found out that I was drawn to creative, you know, I had a double major in English and art. And then when I graduated, I still didn't know what I wanted to do. And then I started teaching and found out that I love children more than I think anything um, and knew that I had to be working with children. And I was particularly um, yeah, drawn and 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 completely into their social and emotional development. That fascinated me. I really didn't care so much about, you know, the academics. It was it was such a important thing for me that they felt okay, you know, 
before they would do anything. So I started working with young children and then I thought, okay, if I were really to wrap up everything that I love and do, it would be writing and illustrating my own children's book. And that was always like a dream, but I didn't think, yeah, I didn't really know, well, what am I going to write it about? And, and I remember actually talking to a friend, you know, after college and saying that was my dream, but that I had no idea what I would want to write about. And I said, but I think it will come to me and I'll know. And boy, do I tell you that's what happened with, I'll tell you why I can't wear those clothes. We, my husband is Danish. Um, I moved to Denmark and we had, well, we have three children, but when we had our second daughter, she, that's when we found out about sensory issues. And even though I was a teacher, I didn't know anything about, uh, sensory issues. Um, and in particular, she had tactile defensiveness, which meant that all of her clothing, water, so any sense of touch uh, just was not being processed um, yeah, correctly in, in, in her little body. It was, it was, you know, over, <laughs> she was defensive. She was hyper, hyper sensitive to the whole situation. And she would have meltdowns for hours and we didn't know what to do. And it was one night she caught my eyes. She was screaming because she was cold and I was trying to put a blanket on her and she didn't want that blanket. And I tried with another one and another one. And she was crying and crying. And I was almost crying because I didn't know what to do. And she just looked at me and she said, mommy, she was about four at the time. She said, you have to help me. And I, I just, at that moment, like, I'll never forget it. Like, it was such a, a turning point in this whole, you know, struggle that I just surrendered. And I just sat with her and I said, I know, sweetie, I'm going to find out. I'm going to find out what it is. And I actually calmed her down. And she also knew at that point that I wasn't angry at her or, you know, she knew that I wanted to figure this out. And so anyway, I spent the whole night Googling and found out what tactile defensiveness was. And I thought, well, this is great. Now all the, all the problems are going to you know, be solved because we'll get the right help. And there's so many therapies you can do and everything. And we did all of that. And, and I changed her diet and she went to occupational therapy. Like we did everything. And I was, you know, just the spokesperson for sensory processing disorder at that time. I was going to her school, talking about it. I was educating teachers. I was just, you know, totally into it. But then I was still feeling that people didn't really understand it. And they were judging her and they were judging me because when you have a child who experiences the world differently than mm -hmm. other children, exactly. you have to do different things for them. You have to maybe pick her up earlier from school or she didn't go to a birthday party by herself until she was nearly 11. Mm -hmm. So what? Right. Exactly. <laughs> she no, is exactly. exactly. And in college in another country, she's in Scotland. She's perfectly fine now. I don't regret one birthday party that I went to with her. I, I, I'm so glad that I listened to my heart 
and not exactly my mind mm-hmm. and what everybody was saying. I mean, and people could be actually really, really hard, even friends of mine. And that really upset me. And that's actually where the book idea came. Because one day there was a judgment that was made about her and I was fuming. And I actually normally don't get angry, but at that time I was, I was fuming. And then I stood there and again, caught myself in that moment and thought, wait a minute, this anger is only hurting me. How is this going to help the situation? What if I could take all this energy that I'm using on anger and did it to solve the problem, used it to solve the problem? And then I realized what the problem was, was people didn't understand. They didn't understand what it was. I guess I didn't explain it well enough, or maybe I talked too much about it. So it had to be short. It had to be short, sweet, and and grab grab their their heart, you know, and get them to walk in her shoes for for a day. Um, and I did. And then I wrote the book, and it went great. And yeah, I got signed on with Jessica Kingsley Publishers, and that was fabulous. And that that's like 10, 11 years ago. So, it's a great um, book. I mean, I, I love you. Yeah. I, I still love that book. And I think that's the one thing about, you know, whether you're sensory seeking, whether you have tactile defensiveness, is that these are things that kids are, are dealing with. Like, it's not going away. It's like a time. Uh-huh. So it's like a timeless book. Yeah, I like because you. it is really true that there are certain things that you know, that really like feel painful to kids that are, that have like tactile defensiveness, right? Like a tag could feel like horrible, right? Um, And so it's like, we have to be sensitive about that. And I agree about, because, you know, not only I'm a therapist, but I'm also a parent. So it's like, I understand you know, people being like, oh, well, just let them deal with it. It's like, I always say like, I got to go with my, I got to go with my mom gut. You know, my mom, God is telling me to do this. And my mom, God is like pretty much like a hundred percent. Right. Right. We're like, I was like 99.9. I mean, I don't know. I have a pretty good track record. So anyway, the gut is always the way to go. And I totally, I totally get it. I think that, you know, when you're your biggest child, I mean, you're your biggest child's advocate. You know what I mean? Like, so I always say like, you know, whatever's going to, it has to be comfortable. Um, so anyway, so I totally, totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So let's move on. So that's the other book and it's on my website. I'm also going to have a link to it. So let's go into actually your new book because you have a new book coming out. Yes. Yeah. So the new book is actually, okay. So after I wrote that book and then I was, I continued to teach as a substitute, um, teacher at at the International School in Copenhagen. And again, I found myself drawn. I mean, I definitely knew that I wanted the kids that I actually asked, give me the kids that nobody else wants, you know? Um, and, And then I realized even within that, I was still sort of limited in, in what I really wanted to do because of course the teachers, they leave you you know, uh, an agenda that you have to do with these children. And again, I know that the social and emotional, if that is not in order, like forget the math, forget the reading. I totally agree with you. 
And then I was like, I have to start my own business and I need to just, and I don't know how kids are going to come to me. And I, you know, it it was all quite, you know, oh, what's going to happen. But luckily, you know, I'd been working at the school. So, so parents knew me and, uh, and yeah, word got out that if your child was struggling emotionally, you know, go to Noreen. And uh, this is where I think my creative side came in and, and really just taking all the things that have worked for me in, in life, right? Um, you know, you mentioned that I've done a course in America called Natural Lifemanship. It's a horse therapy, um, which in a nutshell is reflecting on the relationships in your life with yourself, others, and the world around you. And that, for me, learning about that was, you know, well, it's always uh, reflective for, for yourself as well whenever you're learning how to teach others. And then I went on and, and learned about emotional freedom technique. That's something also known as tapping, where you tap on some meridian points. You can mm-hmm. do it on your fingers or on your head. Um and with that, there, there's a script of, of self-awareness to, to be aware of what you're feeling if things are too much, right? Um, so let's say as a parent, um, that moment where I was really angry, um, if I actually had looked at it, I would have realized that I was feeling judged and that that's what the trigger was, the feeling of being judged. And that that's where this book comes in. And I'll show you here. It's, it's look, listen, love. I'll, I'll explain more about it, but I wrote this book because parents were asking me, what are you doing with our kids? How are they so calm? How are they so balanced? What's happening? And then I thought, well, I'm, just using these principles of asking them three questions (laughs) or asking them three steps when they're reacting to something and not responding. So that's, that's a big thing, right? When a child is in a reactive mode, instead of trying to figure out if they're right or wrong or who did what, just ask them, is that a feeling that has love? or a feeling that needs love. And they will very quickly tell you it's a feeling <laughs> that needs love. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then, then we can just start talking about, well, where do you feel that? So that's the listen part. So look is what are you feeling? Which one of those? Does it have love or, or not have love? Um, listen is where do you feel it in your body? And if a child is in the middle of, uh, I mean, sometimes, you know, this isn't going to work. But a lot of times it actually does when they're in in a heated moment. But, you know, it's all a dance, right? You know that as a therapist and and mother. There are some times what you're attempting is going to work and other times it's not. But it it helps a lot, I think, and it has worked for me um, to ask them these questions rather than judging. (laughs) I'm not judging their behavior. I'm just asking questions. Is that a feeling that has love or needs love? Okay, that's look. Now we listen. Where do you feel that in your body? In my stomach, in my head, whatever. Okay, all right. 
just breathe in. And let's just say, even though I have that feeling, sometimes they're able to say sad, mad, angry, whatever. But if they can't, you don't need to ask that. You can just say, it does have love or needs love? And they usually are pretty quick to say needs love. Um, And then love and accept yourself anyway. And once you say that for a child, and this is where the the tapping comes in. I've sort of No, I know tapping because I actually do tapping myself as well. Oh, you do? Yeah. And I try to explain to people and they're like, well, what is that? I'm like, well, it's kind of hard to explain, but but if you do it, you know, it actually, it works really well, actually. I find It works really well. And, but the thing is, I feel exactly like you do. People don't really get it. They think it's a little weird because you use meridian points. And then what I realized was we just need that that sort of formula that they use in tapping. And and let's just put it in, break it down, simplify it even more. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think tapping is simple, but I, I don't for whatever reason it there is people are a little resistant to use it. But if you just think of look, listen, love, like even for, for us, right? Anytime I feel something happening in my body, I know that I'm triggered by something. And that's like, I wear this little bell. That's when I imagine that a little bell goes off and I ask myself, take a step back, look, listen, love. Look, what am I really feeling at this moment? Like, like I was saying that example of, I thought that I was angry, but actually it was judgment, right? And 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 where did I feel it in my body so that I will recognize it if I get triggered by it again? That's really the only reason that you want to be able to do that. And then just love and accept myself anyway. So if I can put my hand on my heart and say, <clears throat> even though I have this judged feeling in my stomach, I love and accept myself. Just that tiny little line brings brings you back into yourself and you stop fighting the feeling. And then you can ask, at this moment, I'm choosing to feel. And if I wanted to think of what the opposite would be, this is the love part, right? Where you're, you're, you're choosing the opposite. I'm going to choose the opposite feeling. Um, and maybe judge would be, uh, I don't know, respected, right? or acknowledged, or I I don't know, you know, everybody's answer is going to be different. And that's the beauty of it. And that's why this book and all my books are interactive. So I literally, you know, guide you through this. There, there's a space for the child and there's a space for parents where I am trying to find the page here. Here it is. So here's the child's page. Oh, no, you can't see this. We're on a podcast. (laughs) Right. Well, you could describe it, though. Or, you know, it also would be good if you sent me a um, just like a picture of the page that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So people could look on um, on my website so you could see it and you could talk about it. So that's I'm sorry. I'm I forgot. Well, yeah, but with pot, you know what? That's why it's so good to imagine. You know, and anyway, you could exactly. always describe it, but we could put the picture on the, on my website and then you could describe it. 
Okay. Yeah. But it's just about, you know, going through these, there's actually a little picture of a, of a child, like an outline. So mm-hmm. the child can go in and draw where they feel a certain feeling, mm-hmm. but, and then, and there's a, a number bubble for them to rate it. Mm-hmm. How much do they feel it? Um, on a scale of, of one to 10, you know, um, how sad do they feel or, you know, all, all, all sorts of different things. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get back to the fact that this is not visual. <laughs> yeah. But I think, can I say one thing? I just feel like why that's so good is that I feel like kids and it, it is like mindfulness, right? Where we stop and yes. we kind of are a little bit, we're aware of how we're feeling. I think it's so easy to distract ourselves with our feelings that, and, and we always think, okay, it's a great way to avoid it. Like by going on your phone or whatever, um, scrolling through Facebook or Instagram or whatever. But if you're not dealing with the feeling, it's going to come back and it's going to yeah. come back even stronger. <laughs> so what I think you're describing too, is that it's, you know, to teach kids to deal with the feeling as it's happening and not to avoid it and to right. deal with it. And I, I even yeah. find sometimes myself, because I use this strategy as well, just like um, is is if I'm upset about something, I'll tend to just distract myself with something else, right? But if I deal with it and I really think about it, then you kind of work through that feeling. And I think that's that's part of the tapping which, exactly. which I really like because, and it's also, I just want to say this other one thing is that it, it like, I feel like we're our biggest critics, you know, like Absolutely. kind of like, we're always so hard on like ourselves, right? Like I always say, like, I'm like, and it's, I, I'm reading a good book, but that's, that's another thing about it. But <laughs> talking about like self-talk, right? Like we're always like saying these things to ourselves, like, and so I think the tapping meditation or the tapping, like what you're talking about is yeah. that it helps us just like not be so hard on ourselves. Like we could, be, we could be anxious. We could be mad and that's okay, that's right. yeah. but we could yeah. still accept it. We don't have to be perfect. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, speak kindly to yourself because your soul is listening. <laughs> right. And sometimes like, right. I think you do it for so long. You don't realize how negative you are to yourself. And yeah. I realized it too. I was reading this book. I think it was like, talk to yourself like a Buddhist. I don't remember. But, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I was reading it and I was like, oh God, I'm like, I think I'm really like hard on myself. Because <laughs> yeah. like, you don't even realize it. I'm like, wow. Um, anyway, so I just wanted to add to that because I think that Absolutely. like for kids, especially teenagers, there's so many distractions that it's yeah. so easy to distract yourself. Like versus when we were growing up where it was like, okay, we're going to distract yourself with like, I don't know, maybe you could watch TV or whatever, but you know, it's not as like interactive as like social media. So I just think that I, I like the approach yeah. a lot. Yeah, I, I think actually that it works. Did this. I taught it in, um, I didn't take the book with me because, you know, the book is more aimed at maybe, yeah, six to 12, 13 years old. But I had to, I, I wanted to teach it to high schoolers. Mm-hmm. And so I just left the book, you know, uh, closed and, and I just taught the process mm-hmm. of every time you find yourself triggered, just notice it. And I told them, remove yourself from the situation, go to the bathroom, whatever, and look, listen, love. What are you feeling at that moment? Where do you feel it in your body? love and accept yourself anyway. It's like really short 
really simple. It brings you back into yourself. And then asking yourself, now that I'm aware of this, who would I be? What would the opposite feeling be? If, if, if I could, you know, change it, which I can, I can decide that that's how I want to enter the room, right? I, I use an example. Actually, I used an example to, for them that I got a text and I was really, I was really sort of offended by it. And I was angry and I felt my whole body. It went, it went from my stomach all the way up to my head. And the thing is, I mean, I'm doing this so much practicing it that now I'm like, Oh, what does my body want to tell me? You know? And I, and I was able to calm myself, you know, Ooh, okay. Let's, let's look, listen, love. Look, what am I feeling? And when I thought about it, I was feeling unappreciated. Mm-hmm. And I knew where I felt it because it went through my whole body. I loved and accept myself anyway, even though I felt unappreciated. And then I, you know, consciously said, now I'm going to go to that meeting. There was a meeting after. Um, and I am going to walk into that room feeling appreciated. And like the problem, like never it it was like that text never even came. It was quite, quite amazing. <laughs> so it's so much about how we carry ourselves, right? Like it's, it's a limiting belief that gets planted somewhere in our lives, like uh, that I'm not appreciated. And until I consciously am aware that I've been saying that to myself, I am unable to change it. And once, once I'm able to look, listen, love, love and accept myself anyway, then I can look at, oh, so what would I like to feel? And then carry on in, in that way. It, for a parenting example, I, I give an example. This is such a funny story. Um, our, how are we on time? No, we're good. We're good. Yeah. No, we're good. Okay. Go ahead. Um, I, our youngest daughter, I picked, the the middle one and the youngest one up from their, you know, kindergarten. Um, And I had a rice cake for their snack, but I only had one rice cake. So I broke it in half and I gave them each uh, half a rice cake. Well, the middle one was perfectly happy with that. And the youngest one went ballistic. (laughs) She did not want that rice cake cut in half. And yeah. I, you know, I, have been I was having the same conversation yesterday with another kid that I, he doesn't like when you split it. <laughs> so, and it was a rice cake actually, but go ahead. Exactly. Uh, something about those rice cakes. Yeah, yeah. So she went nuts and I was driving the car and she's kicking at the back seat and I'm like, and I'm breathing and I'm trying all the tricks I know as a teacher or just being a mother for, uh, she was number three. I should have, you know, known what to do at that point. Everything I said, oh, look, thank you, Nora, for understanding why I broke the rice cake. Maybe, you know, the other one will find out that that's all I have. And when I, and nothing worked. So I, then, I, then, it, then I switched, like my patience was just wearing out and then I'm like okay now you have to stop it and that that made it 10 times worse (laughs) and then I ended up pulling over the car because I was like 
Okay, I'm going to crash because <laughs> my head is going to explode. Either that or go to a deli and get more rice cakes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would have done. Sorry. <laughs> I would have been so like, I, I'm, I'm going off I to the call- bakery and getting everyone cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I, ca- I caught myself in in the heat of, you know, the the mood I was in. I was like, and I... And this is what I love is that when I've had these big, you know, um, moments, parenting moments that really shifted the way I parent, it's usually when I become aware of my own trigger. I was so aware I was triggered, still had no idea what to do, but I thought clearly what I'm doing is not working. So what's the opposite of what I would? And I this is before I wrote the book or anything. This is a long time ago. And I just thought, uh, uh, I'm so off that the opposite must be the answer. <laughs> and, and so I looked at her and I surrendered to what I was feeling. And I truly looked at her and I said, do you need a hug? Like I let it go, right? I had to let it go. Like if I had said, do you need a hug? Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that wouldn't have worked, right? I, I surrendered in, in, you know, in my head, in my body, everything, and asked her if she needed a hug. And she, she also surrendered and melted in my arms. And honestly, from that day on, our relationship was changed forever. And I was able to talk to her. I mean, I held her like, oh, you know, so the most wonderful hug. And she was melting into me and she was calm. And and that was it. She didn't even ask for the rice cake anymore. And I think it was about the rice cake. Yeah. It's never about the rice cake. Yeah. It's never about, I think I should write a book. It's never about the rice cake. And if we could only remember that, as parents, right, or teachers, right? It's not about that. And whatever had happened, you know, I just picked her up from her kindergarten, anything. She could have gone through anything during the day that she just didn't know how to deal with. But anyway, after, and I think she was around, I think she was about four or five. So, you know, you could have a little conversation with her. And I told her later when she was really calm and she had a whole rice cake um, at home, I, I said, you know, that was so amazing. And I wish that I had learned that trick a long time ago. So do you think if you ever feel like that again, where, you know, everything is making you sad or mad or whatever it is, that you can ask me for a hug? And I said, we can try, right? And she's like, we can try. And and she actually did. And she actually only had to use it. I remember it was, it was really crazy. It didn't take long. Like now she knew that we were going to go for surrender <laughs> and choose love, right? Well, was, she recognizes crazy. that feeling. And then just one more thing before we finish up that I did want to no. say that I think what you said makes so much sense, right? Like about the opposite feeling. So yeah. and I think any any person could kind of understand this. Let's just say in your, you're in a situation where you feel unappreciated, where, which I think is a, you know, like as a woman, as a parent, as a, as, as a, yes. whatever, as like in work or, or life or whatever. Right. And 
what happens when you feel unappreciated? Like what's that next feeling? And I think resentment, right? So, so, so the thing is you go, I mean, you were saying going into a meeting, right? Which is kind of typical, right? You kind of get an email or a text or whatever. Yeah. Then you feel unappreciated. So then you feel resentful, right? And like that Mm -hmm. leads to being upset or angry, right? But going into the meeting, feeling appreciated is like kind of genius. Like I really like that. And that's the aspect I learned today, right? Is the opposite feeling because I think, that's a question to also ask kids. Well, what is the opposite feeling here? That's right. Right. right? That's or like if right. you feel sort of, you know, down or whatever, like you feel kind of like annoyed or like whatever it is, what is the opposite feeling? The opposite feeling is like, you know, being happy, right? So, but maybe it's not even about saying, well, now we should be happy because it's hard to switch feelings like that all the time, especially if you're upset. But kind of just having the conversation about what's the opposite kind of makes it you a little bit yeah, more mindful of your feelings. A really powerful, powerful thing. And actually when I got feedback from the high schoolers, they many of them said that was something they never thought about. And it's like so simple, right? right? What is the opposite? When you are triggered, what is the opposite feeling? Call that into your life. Exactly. Walk, yeah. Walk mm-hmm. with that. Because that's your choice. You can walk into a room and choose to be the opposite. Right, right. I'm just thinking the opposite of when you're tired of driving, but I don't know. I guess you're excited (laughs) to drive. (laughs) I'm always driving around. I'm always like so annoyed. I'm like, I can't, I can't say that driving anymore. Um, But yeah, but it's, it's interesting because, and I think just being aware of your feelings is so important. And I think it's something that like as parents, we should teach our kids because it's an important life skill. I always say that like life skill, because this is something we're going to need. You don't stop having feelings. It's not like when you're, I always tell my, I always tell like my kids too. It's like, especially my daughter, it's like when I'm, you know, in your 40, you're still dealing with the same, like, you know, you know how to deal with things a little bit better, but you still have the feelings are still there. Right. We just know how to deal with them better. So I, I always like hate when someone's like, oh, you're sad. Oh, don't be sad. It's like, um, yeah, the last time I checked that like really didn't help. Okay. Um, don't be frustrated or it's not a big deal. Right. And, um, but it is a big deal to them, you know, like whether they're in second grade, whether they're in middle school, high school, whether it's, you're an adult, it's a big deal to them. So I think by minimizing it is making them feel like not appreciated or not heard. So I always think it's like one of those big things with kids is that we have to have like mutual respect for each other, right? Absolutely. We have to listen to them as much as they listen to you. Um, And actually I was just talking about that yesterday. It's like, you know, it, I think it's so important to- Absolutely. You know, so- yeah, but thank you so much. And where do people, where would um, people be able to purchase your box? So um, everything now is on noreenosullivan.com. Okay, great. Okay. And, and both books are there. Um, and soon, um, you know, people really should send me an email because I, uh, I'm, my, my, I'm in the works. It's in the pipeline to do... As an actual separate right now, the book is both for children and parents, but I realize that parents are asking to have their own like mm. journal. Yeah. 
to walk you through this as a practice, as a daily practice to look, listen, love when you're triggered, right? Um, so the title is also still in the in the makings. But um, no, I realized, and, and actually, honestly, I want it. <laughs> I'm also yeah, creating it because I, th- I want it. Yeah, I think it's great. And also, I think you should make it like a sticker. Yeah. Look, listen, love. Yeah, so if you do make those stickers, can you send me one? Absolutely. So, yeah. So anyway, so it's like a reminder, you know what I mean? Or you could put on the background of your phone, like on your lock screen. So oh, you I have tons of merch. Anyway. So anyway, mom. yeah, it's great. But, but thank you so much for today. And thank you for thank talking you. about, um, we had such a great, such a great conversation. I think that's what I love I about podcasts. Because, exactly. So you got to let me know. And, um, thank you for being here today and definitely check out Noreen's books and future works on her website. Site, which will there'll be a link in um, on my website as well. Um, so thank you so much, and thank you. Yeah, Let's thank you. Listen and learn with us at Language during Meal Time.